0: Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM. 105 FM in Pulukwane.
1: 21 minutes after 2 o'clock. Uh, I did promise you to have a conversation with Deputy Minister of Higher Education, uh, Deputy Minister Budiman Namela. He is on the line with us. I just want to welcome him before I, I say my bit. Welcome, um, Deputy Minister. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us.
2: Hi, thank you very much for having me, Pamela, and also if I can extend my greetings to your uh, listeners, wherever they are. Thank you for everybody.
1: You know, we just want to actually just before we continue with this conversation, apologise. We off, we are the very first, and I know that we are one. You know, my colleagues as well as myself to complain when a minister is late for a meeting, and you know they keep <laughs> us waiting. We have to apologise for being late. Uh, there were other things that um, that preoccupied us before we could take your call, and we really sincerely apologise. We are twenty minutes into into this discussion, which you know which we were supposed to start at two. So we are very very sorry about the delay. So, thank you one more time for understanding. Thank you so
2: much. So, le- thank you for fitting for fitting me in your position. <laughs> <shape. laughs>
1: no, we take that. We will take that with absolute <laughs> grace. It's okay. <laughs> Deputy Minister, you know, yesterday we we, we saw a, a press briefing by Minister of Higher Education, uh, Minister Platinum Zamande, and we we thought we'd touch base with with the ministry because for the past I suppose 10 months or so there has been a preoccupation not only by your ministry but everybody else of dealing with COVID-19 one then wonders you know with all of that preoccupation what has that meant for learners who who otherwise would have been busy with other programs for argument's sake. Talk to us about how COVID-19 has disrupted a lot of the things that you had in mind for 2020 and 2021
2: yeah. Look so- uh, I mean, we couldn't complete the academic year 2020 on time. Uh, most of the, uh, well, not most. I think uh, uh, only ten of our 26 universities have completed the uh, their academic year. Sixteen of these would be completing this in different months. Uh, the last one being in uh, uh, in in, uh, uh, in March. So that's on its own. I mean, it's it's. It's a major shift in terms of uh, you know, arranging our academic program. But secondly, what it means also is that because we have to consider social distancing uh, rules, we have to consider the capacity of institutions to be able to provide uh, you know, a, a sanitation, to be able to uh, give lecturers without having to uh, you know, infect or learners and lecturers infecting each other, uh, you know, so that on its own meant a huge infrastructural uh, uh, plan. Uh, but sadly, uh, most of the students, in fact, in, in from March last year, most of the students then were, uh, you know, had to go home and study from home. That on its own, uh, you know, a shift from being based in a lecture hall um, to now having to study uh, in the comfort or discomfort of your own home, uh, you know, means a lot because the pedagogy is completely different. Where you used to be posing questions directly to lecturers and interacting with them after class, now you had to, uh, you know, uh, join them online or through various ways and means and interventions which uh, we introduced. So it meant, uh, uh, you know, inducting students into the new mode of uh, learning inducting lecturers making sure that all of those systems are in place we have used this opportunity to learn a lot of lessons on the kind of implications that uh, uh, you know our uh, education system particularly the post-school education and training system uh, you know needs to be undergoing it means that we have to invest a lot into it infrastructure uh, now, uh, where, as we speak, most of our TVET colleges, which were not necessarily connected prior to the lockdown, have now been connected, uh, you know, to various IT uh, connectivity infrastructure. Similarly, most of the students who ordinarily would not have had uh, an electronic gadget going into universities now they will have. We are uh, talking to both our minister and minister of communications are talking to the telecoms company so that we have a special dispensation that's specifically focusing on education, including the possibility of a dedicated, uh, you know, rollout of broadband that's specifically dedicated towards, uh, you know, uh, 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 education. But I think in the overall, this, has been an important learning curve. Most of the changes which we have made uh, as a result of policy, legislation, regulations, and all of that would become permanent changes. Mm. Um, You know, it's inevitable. Uh, And and, and some of the changes are obviously temporary uh, measures to make sure that students are able to cope. Where we stand now, if I can probably get into that, is that, uh, you know, I know a lot of uh, uh, hundreds and thousands of students have completed their metric examinations. They're waiting for the results. The Minister of Basic Education announced that the results will be released sometime in Feb. Um, we are working with all the universities to make sure that they are ready to receive uh, students who would have passed their grade 12. The NSFAS have had. Uh, about 800,000 applicants, which is 200,000 more than, uh, you know, what we've received in the previous year, which means that, uh, you know, resources are going to be extremely constrained in terms of uh, uh, funding, but it's something that uh, the minister said in yesterday's press uh, conference, that he is, uh, you know, working quite hard. as a minister, we're hoping that uh, Uh, You know, no student would be left outside of the NSFAS funding, particularly those who qualify. Uh, So the academic year for all universities will be beginning uh, uh, in March. Uh, And the academic year for all the TVET colleges will be beginning in the middle of uh, uh, of, uh, February. Um, You know, and as I said, uh, this means that as a country we need to be having a discussion about... Um, you know the the kind of uh, changes that this COVID nineteen has had on the post post school education and training sector, and whether we want to keep some of those changes permanent, which uh, uh, you know something that we're obviously looking at, or uh, you know whether we'll have to uh, make sure that we use academic year twenty twenty one to try and bring uh, things back to uh, normality. But human Uh, Life and interaction is no longer the same post-COVID-19.
1: I'm very glad that you've touched on that because I was going to ask about some of these conversations you're having with, for instance, telecoms companies and so on and talking about that sustainability because I, I wonder that as we work with calendars that COVID has got a calendar. I think we're in for the long haul and we need to start talking about sustainable um, solutions going forward. I'll be back with more. I, I wanted to open the lines, Deputy Minister, an on 0117142006 as well as WhatsApp, on 0614 104 107 for all questions related to your ministry. I I would I don't know if it's okay with you, Deputy Minister. Is it okay for me? No, to open most definitely. Eyes? Absolutely. Most definitely. All right. Let's open the lines and then I will take those calls as soon as I'm done with Nandika Bukas at 2:30 with the headlines.
0: Here, there, and everywhere. S A F M. FM in King Williamstown.
1: Deputy Minister of the Department of Higher Education, Science, Technology and Innovation is with me on the line, Deputy Minister Butimanamela. Just taking your calls and all the questions that you have around, I suppose, um, higher learning this coming year, this 2021, and we are also asking other questions as well. Deputy Minister, thank you for staying with us. One of the questions that I wanted to pose uh, to you was, with the event, of, of COVID-19 having been such a preoccupation and having disrupted so much of what we know and you so rightly pointed out that we have to have a conversation about the future of many things and, and in this instance of, of higher learning. I am looking forward, and perhaps you've started that conversation, to innovation that will come from your department. It is science, technology and innovation, after all, so aptly called, um, around solutions that this country needs on many, many fronts. Is that conversation happening with students? It should be exciting. If I were a student, I I think I'd be excited. As difficult as the time is, as an innovator, this is an exciting time.
2: Most definitely. I mean... Look, at at the center of uh, our discussion is how do we get, uh, um, you know, TVET colleges to begin to drive students in that space towards, uh, uh, you know, innovative solutions given the current context that we, uh, you know, are finding ourselves in. There's a lot of work that universities are uh, doing in the minister yesterday Ministry statement, uh, you know, made uh, an announcement around some of the work that uh, the, uh, I mean, UKZN has been doing. Uh, that's where uh, you know, working together with the CSIR and a whole range of our uh, researchers and academics, uh, for instance, found this. Uh, uh, the new strand uh, of uh, COVID-19 through the, uh, you know, genomic uh, 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 research that that uh, has been done over time. I know that uh, you know we're doing quite a lot also with the investor of the Western Cape, which is also focused on the, uh, you know, implications of, uh, you know, COVID-19 uh, for for our country. What kind of interventions, and all of that information is feeding into the World Health Organization and many other global agencies to help us understand, uh, you know, the the uh, 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 the the genetic, the, genealo- the genealogy of, uh, uh, you know, of this uh, uh, virus. But beyond that, uh, which I think is uh, one of the most crucial thing, we really want to, uh, uh, you know, have that conversation. Uh, which the, the minister will be uh, leading um, a conversation around uh, and with scientists around, uh, you know, what needs to be done as it relates to the, uh, uh, you know, the vaccine. And I think details around that will obviously be released uh, uh, in time. But I think that, uh, you know, any any society and any generation, uh, you know, defines its role defines the kind of impact that it wants to uh, make uh, for future generations based on the context where uh, you know, it is finding itself. It is clear that uh, you know the old way of doing things will obviously not work. It means that we have to invest in our technology into improving uh, our online uh, learning capacity and capabilities of most of our universities and colleges. We've realized that some of the academic program for instance can go ahead without learners having to be physically at the uh, university and and that will mean that uh, we have to invest resources in the kind of innovations that may come up uh, particularly from uh, students who are experiencing uh, you know, this kind of uh, 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 pandemic. So so those are the kind of conversations that we really are leading and, uh, uh, you know, part of the big fight uh, that uh, you know, we are uh, uh, hoping that we uh, would, uh, would win is continued investment by our country, by the different uh, government departments, but also by the private sector into research, development and innovation. We've seen how Uh, You know, globally, the world survived the uh, 2008 economic crisis. Most economies which, uh, 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 you know, came out of that crisis as rapidly as as possible used their resources towards research, uh, development and innovation. And that's the kind of direction which we uh, believe our country needs to be going as opposed to cutting resources around research development and innovation uh i was quite excited listening to your earlier interviews uh, i mean your earlier interview around uh, if i'm not mistaken uh, you know indigenous uh, knowledge system as it relates to uh, uh, medicine mm-hmm. and 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 in that space we've been doing a lot uh, to uh, look at some of the uh, claims that uh, traditional healers and herbalists have been making mm. on, on their contribution towards fighting covid mm. and some of the uh, 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 you know innovations and and, and mm. work that has come out from there have led to our department supporting uh, uh, you know some of those uh, and others have been work in progress mm. uh, uh, you know and have been uh, publicly uh, uh, announced uh, you know as part of the uh, covid thing and then uh, people coming out uh, internationally claiming that uh, they've got cures and, and all of that we've also been playing uh, a role through our uh, research institutes the CSIR, the HsRC and all of that to get to uh, to deeply understand uh, you know what the implications are uh, in terms of vaccines and all of that so so that's the kind of work that we have been doing both uh, science and innovation and higher education and training
1: the your ministry sits with a lot of artisan skills and and you speaking to something that the minister spoke to yesterday around r&d money uh, is important to to make sure that there's a lot of that poured into the country Um, He's also spoken about some of the work that needs to go into industrialization, for instance, of manufacturing of vaccines and so on. But one wonders, I mean, we've got the skills here. We have paper factories. We have skills and artisans who are able to make, for instance, PPE masks. And we still ordered some from China. Why are ministries and departments not talking to one another?
2: Well, look, I mean, it it, it has to do with uh, mainly uh, our uh, uh, centralized procurement system. And uh, I think the president in in, in one of his uh, uh, address did mention the fact that, uh, you know, whatever business that we do as a country as it relates to uh, personal protection equipment Mm. of priority must be local, black and women businesses. Um, you know, and and uh, we 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 really need to be uh, looking at uh, our commitment. Uh, you know, as a uh, obviously as government towards uh, empowering those uh, uh, those sectors. And uh, as you're rightly saying, that we have the capabilities, we have the know-how, uh, and not only because we um, uh, you know do not want to be. Uh, buying stuff from outside of the uh, uh, of the world, but we've also seen how uh, uh, the uh, global production of this kind of goods and services had uh, a preferred uh, countries whom they wanted to provide all of this. So it meant that we had to build mm-hmm. local capabilities. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, you know through the Department of Trade and Industry. Uh, and, and competitions and uh, through uh, Treasury and various other uh, ministries that are responsible for the economy, there has been a lot of support for local production. It may not be to the level which we would want it to be, but uh, you know we are really looking forward to this growing because this is one of the ways within which we can be able to help restore our economy, uh, uh, create more jobs, and also bring into the economic space, new economic players.
1: When I come back, I'm going to be speaking about bogus colleges and accreditation of some of these colleges that we see around. I am in conversation with the Deputy Minister of Higher Education, Minister Deputy Minister Butimanamela. I'll be taking your calls on 011-714-2006 and I see your voice notes as well on 0614-104-107. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide leading the conversation
2: hi Pamela could you please ask uh, the deputy minister because now i'm sitting with learners who want to go to tivet colleges but they didn't apply for nefsas so i want to know if they they are able to study NEFSAS this year if they didn't apply for nefsas
0: because now as the schools are being delayed so some they will have an interest to go to the colleges
1: all right Uh, deputy minister Butimanamela is with us and uh, we are taking your calls as well as uh, whatsapp notes deputy minister let's start with this particular voice note that came through Uh, your response to that voice note
2: um look i mean we will be reopening uh Tivet Colleges, as I said, uh, from the 15th of of Feb, and the registration of uh, students at uh, Tivert Colleges will be taking place in a face-to-face approach, and the uh, college that uh, the the caller is interested in would obviously have the details as to when, how, uh, and all of that are they uh, going to be registering students. Uh, in in those colleges just to avoid, uh, I mean, just to stick to the uh, protocols of uh, social distancing and all of that. So we want to really try and avoid that situation. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, most students who uh, were writing their grade 12, we went out throughout the whole country. We tried to do as much publicity as possible. Universities and colleges also did that, encouraging learners to apply online. Precisely because we're living under different conditions, um, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping that uh, you know the caller will find luck in getting a space, um, uh, you know, at the at their preferred private college and with their preferred um, uh, uh, program, um, yeah.
1: Deputy Minister, one of the things that obviously you were not able to do—not you personally, but the department—was to have this um, this outreach that you would normally have had on on trying to get to to both students as well as parents around bogus colleges and and going into institutions that are not uh, accredited. Because that was that was not quite done in the past year, how have you managed? You know uh, those people who are scrupulous, who are going to go and try and get money from parents and students, because you know that information didn't filter through.
2: Yes, um, look, we we have uh, 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 sent out a lot of uh, uh, information through the I mean our partnership with various uh, media agencies, including uh, SABC, um, to try and alert uh, both parents and prospective. Uh, learners of uh, the, the bogus colleges and also give them information on how to, uh, you know, check whether an institution is uh, uh, or is accredited with the department. So maybe just a, a few seconds just to explain the process. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if someone wants to establish a college, so we, they then have to apply with the department and with the qualifications authorities. Uh, so that we uh, establish whether, uh, you know, they have the capacity to provide the programs which they claim to be providing. So we accredit the college and then we also accredit the different programs which they claim to be providing. What we've seen in the past is that some colleges apply for accreditation and then do not apply for accreditation of the programs. And then you find that, uh, uh, you know, Mm. students you know, they demand the letter of accreditation of that college and mm. they get it. And then they they are then duped into studying programs mm. which are not necessarily. So ask whether the college is accredited firstly and whether the program you want to study is accredited. Uh, you know, we, we will send you, uh, the, the number mm. and the website uh, just after the interview t- uh, to, to, to your producers so that we can alert uh,
1: yes. parents
2: and learners where to check, who to call, how to find out, and what kind of information do they need before they register with any of the private uh, colleges? It could be any of the popular colleges. Yes. You know, you could see them having billboards yes. and all of that, and you may assume that uh, you know they are a legitimate college. Some of these are not. Some of them don't even bother to renew because they, uh, uh, you know, know that they are a known brand. Uh, but at the end of the day, you may find yourself having studied. A program that's a, a program that's not accredited, having lost a lot of money, but also a lot of time, and therefore will not be able to use that qualification mm-hmm. that you get from that college to go and look for a job. I really want to encourage everyone that our first priority must be to register in a public college, because or university, because those uh, you know are accredited. Uh, and then, if you can't find a space there, please verify the college that you want to register in uh, and, and the program that you want to
1: register for. Deputy Minister, how do we manage colleges, as you said, which are quite popular, which are well known, and, and one would argue, you know, because they've been around for a long time, people would assume they're not necessarily um, bogus. But yeah. And and they keep coming with what they call innovation, new programs and so on, yes. in animation and in all sorts of new things, because yeah. we all want our children to be in this new age. How yep. then do we manage that? Because while there is this intention sometimes to bring our children to what is currently available and required, there oh. is a backlog also from the accreditors in accrediting these colleges. How do we manage that?
2: Look, I mean, we, we obviously do uh, a continuous assessment of uh, all the existing colleges uh, and a continuous assessment of their programs. But we also rely on uh, these learners and parents who uh, you know, walk into these colleges uh, and then call us to say, look, I'm registering on this college. I can't find their registration uh, and all of that. And then we go in. I mean, I have personally went in to shut down some of the colleges. But it's also not guaranteed because I know there's a college in Bramfontein which I went to shut down. And then a week later, uh, you know, they reopened... Under a different name, and 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 they were operational. So, so it's we we basically are, uh, uh, you know, chasing uh, a moving target uh, because uh, there are people who are out there who greedy, whose intention is not uh, uh, to empower our country, uh, uh, you know, through their investment in education, but their intention is just to purely make money at the, uh, I mean, by uh, sacrificing. Uh, gullible uh, parents and and learners. So we really want to make a call out there. If you want to study in a private college, please uh, make sure that you touch base with the Department of Higher Education and Training, our website, and and uh, uh, the different helplines that we have to find out whether the college is registered and whether the program that you want to uh, you know we may miss uh, in as much as we try our utmost uh, to. Cover all of the colleges we may miss one or two of the colleges so we really rely on the public to also help us to identify those bogus colleges
1: understood and tabi saying you're calling from johannesburg good afternoon thanks for your patience thank you for taking my call deputy minister i'm a student from unisa we need assistance we've been trying to get assistance since december last year the problem is we need to write concessions for the past three years unisa has given students concessions if they fail one module. We're doing CTA, which is quite an intense course. And if you fail one module, you have to repeat all five modules. It's expensive, and honestly, it's time-consuming. All we need is to write concessions, because for the past three years, UNISA has allowed students who pass one or two modules to write concessions.
2: Okay. We'd like can to know
1: if the department yes. can assist there.
2: Yeah. Can I ask that, uh, Pimel, if we can just get more details okay. uh, on this and try and follow that up okay. uh, just to be in touch with UNESA and uh, try to understand what the issue is uh, and then see how we can be able to help.
1: All right. We'll definitely do that. And Tabi saying please, down the line, we'll take your details. Taking some more voice notes, Deputy Minister, just take a listen, please.
0: Good afternoon, Pamela S. Martin. I just want to ask the Deputy Minister as to why was the criteria used to uh, to NS fast for winner takes all and not divide the buzzer into two so that those who at least can afford a certain aspect can be covered for a certain percentage than uh, the, the way how things are now. And why NSFAST does not have the the landlines which are working because you can't get hold of them. And it's a problem that we give things to NSFAST which account to no one. It's a problem. I hope you can respond to that, but uh, more so to the missing middle, the so-called uh, the middle class uh, 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 who cannot manage to get a bond but uh, cannot manage to get you know uh, where are we being placed by the department because we are tax compliant but we are not being considered for our children to be educated
1: deputy minister
2: i think that's a that's a fair question mm-hmm. uh, firstly the nsfas is uh we we have uh, complete oversight both the department and the ministry but also parliament uh, has oversight so the nsfas account somewhere and i think it may help uh, uh, uh maybe to probably have either the new chairperson or the new ceo of the nsfas sure. uh, on your show uh, uh you know before the the uh, reopening so that they can be able to give as much information as possible We are looking at possibilities of uh, establishing, um, you know, a fund that will specifically look at the needs of the uh, so-called missing middle. So NSFAS funds students whose uh, household income uh, is anything between zero and 350,000 rands, uh, SASA beneficiaries automatically qualify for NSFAS if they apply and if they meet all the requirements. And this policy covers more than 90 percent of south african household uh you know so so the 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 uh other chunk uh, which which the caller is asking about which is the missing middle it's one of the things that we are really looking into there are various uh, various interventions which are uh, in place private companies are uh, giving uh, uh the different uh, government agencies are also giving bazaris to those students who are not necessarily beneficiaries of NSFAS So, in the meantime, I think uh, you know would encourage those who don't qualify for NSFAS to apply uh, from those institutions until such time that we, uh, you know, have finalised plans on how we will cover the, uh, the those who are referred to as the missing middle.
1: Another voice note, Deputy Minister, for you.
0: Hi. My name is Lucky. I'm an SRC president in the Tivet College, Mthwasana Tivet College in you know, to Campus. I just wish to ask a minister there that uh, minister Blade Zemani yesterday said that the school will be opened on the 50th of February. But the speech that was shared by DHET on Facebook page on their website and even by South African government, it says that the Tivet Colleges are going to open on at Manor from the f- from 25th of um, January. So there is a contradicting even in Facebook uh, pages, students don't even know what exact date uh, a college is going to open. Can you please uh, try to solve that?
1: Deputy Minister, I'm sure he didn't mean the 50th. So maybe <laughs> you can help clarify which date. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. Okay, so so the the Tivat colleges will be opening on the fifteenth of uh, uh, of, uh, of February, uh, as I said, uh, and that registration will be uh, scattered, uh, meaning that it all faced in, so that we we avoid uh, you know any confusion. But what I want to uh, uh, you know repeat is. Every student who is studying at a Tivet college, please contact your college mm-hmm. uh, to find out as to, uh, you know, when the program you want to study is open for registration. I think that would make matters even much more simpler
1: for all of us. So, so, Deputy Minister, which of the TVET colleges was mostly adversely uh, affected by COVID-19? I mean, I know there has been a lot of attention given to colleges, universities as well, but would you give us a sense of colleges that were the most adversely affected by COVID-19? Um,
2: look, the 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 colleges which, I, I, think, I think the way in which we structured the reopening of uh, Tivert Colleges, meant that uh, because, you know, most co- Tivert College students have to be on campus. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, so so we opened all the colleges uh, so that they have all their students on campus, but then they had to divide, uh, uh, you know, attendance, classes, uh, uh use the rotational system so effectively most if all the col, if not all the colleges were indeed affected by uh, you know covid 19. we lost an entire trimester last year um, uh, uh, because uh, you know the 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 first trimester was adversely affected so all the students in tivet colleges were doing their trimester studies couldn't uh, uh, you know uh, have the three uh, trimesters which is the norm Uh, Per year, so most of the colleges were really affected, but I think even worse those colleges which are uh, Located mostly in the in the rural uh, areas of our country uh, Because they were locked out from uh, things such as uh, internet connectivity uh, things such as transport so so learners couldn't commute easily to those uh, those uh, students who couldn't have left so so it's it's a it's a whole range of uh, challenges which uh, uh, you know, were affecting almost all the colleges across the board. But we're quite excited that all the colleges managed to complete uh, the academic year 2020 uh, uh, on time. And most uh, students sometime this week and next week will be getting their results. And we're hoping for better results this year.
1: All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for accepting our apology a bit earlier on, Deputy Minister. We really appreciate it. What we will do, I see you, Peter, uh, and many of you, I see you as well. We will invite NSFAS so that we can have those conversations with NFS, Deputy Minister of Higher Education, Butiman Mela. Thank you very much for your time.